We head to the Fogo Charcoal Hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Danielle Bennett. Dee, what's up? Hey, good. Everything's awesome. So I guess that's the best way to put it. Where are you in this <laughs> worldwide country of ours right now? <laughs> well, right now I'm actually in the country, which is a nice change. I'm actually at a dinner party with my friends in Houston, uh, all barbecuers. Uh, there's 14 of us at dinner, and I just stepped up to take this because You're, you and I oh booked this so dear. long ago, and I said for sure I would never cancel on you. Oh so I God. just literally stepped out away from my bourbon to come and talk to you, Greg. Well, Danielle, I mean, the honors are supremely high that you would do that. Uh, I mean, so I'm, I'm certainly not going to extend uh, the time that I thought we were going to do because I'm not going to take you away from these. Is there anybody you want to name drop, by the way? Oh, of course. I've got a name drop, you know, Aramalecki and Chef Aramalecki, and I've got a name drop Rogel's Barbecue because they're Ooh. who I'm here with. Um, I've got a name name drop, of course, Packy Saunders, of course, Simon and his beautiful wife, Isabel. Yes. And, you know, I'm so lucky that Andrea and her husband, Joe, could come. You know, one of the great things is then I had a friend that drove three and a half hours to come have dinner with us tonight, Jay McBride. Wow. I'm so blessed to have so many amazing barbecue family everywhere in the world. I'm totally blessed. Uh, Danielle, I mean, you're away from it, but you're make your home in Florida. I mean, from a hurricane standpoint, everything good over there at the home base? Well, that's actually why I'm here in Houston early is because originally <laughs> uh, when we saw the storm fronts coming through and it started, you know, increasing, increasing, I have an event here on Thursday with uh, in Austin, actually, for Duluth. And so I ended up coming in a couple of days early to hang with some friends here in Houston to make the best of the situation. My house mm. is completely secure. Everything's battened down. Uh, the winds are starting to pick up. You know, I'm getting hourly updates uh, from my house and, uh, you know, praying that nobody, nobody um, gets hurt uh, through all of the states. You know, that's all we can all pray for. Uh, Danielle, are you a believer in hunker down or are you a believer in if they tell you to get out, get out? I think there's a reason they tell you to get out. Get your ass out. Get safe. I mean, here's the thing. A house can be replaced. You can't be. Um, stuff can get replaced. You can't be. My family and my friends are much more important than any house or, you know, piece of equipment or anything else. Get the hell out if they tell you. All right. We're talking with Diva Q here on the show. Happy to have her back. And uh, let's go ahead and start uh, with a little TV show talk here this evening. Obviously, the premiere was Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern on Food Network, so a huge channel to be a part of for sure. Um, talk to us a little bit about the show and how it uh, kind of the, the genesis started and how you, uh, how you were approached to be a part. Well, this actually started a while back. You know, I turned down the last, you know, four or five projects on TV. I just wasn't interested. In all honesty, I just really had no interest in being back on TV. I'm happy with what I'm doing. I'm happy with the way my career is unfolding. Um, and I turned them all down. And then they, they proposed this um, show to me. And I like the format a lot. You know, I've been doing this 13 years. I'm an OG now at this point, you know, an original. <laughs> and so one of the things is, is that the show's format – um, really showcases people that actually have uh, a level of skill set. And then, you know what, it's almost like an Iron Chef kind of situation where, you know what, I don't really have a lot to prove anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm still learning and you're still growing every day because you never stop learning. But at the end of the day, um, if somebody wants to challenge me, I want to take them on. And that's what was really attractive to me. When you look at, so, I mean, is that the biggest differentiator from, you know, whether it's a chopped grill master thing or, you know, a week or two prior to your show coming out, there was the barbecue brawl thing. I mean, is that the biggest differentiator in your opinion? It's a, uh, let's call it a, a barbecue iron chef concept to a high level. 
Yeah, absolutely. I completely agreed to do it because of that. Um, you know, I've worked really hard to hone my craft, as do most other barbecuers. And to get the opportunity to showcase them is a big part of it for me. Um, you know, there's not much I can't cook out there. And, and, you know, every time you go out and you cook something, you know, you can learn a little bit more about it. Or, you know, uh, in my case, I mean, I've traveled the world now learning about barbecue, and I'm not ever going to stop that. Um, but I love the fact that we could actually consider ourselves definitely um, a really good level of pitmasters. You know, that's what we are. When you are being told about the show, I mean, how much detail are they giving you? Do they tell you who the other two, uh, you know, pitmasters are going to be? They're going to be, you know, working alongside of you? Or are they kind of keeping you in the dark a little bit on some things and just looking to get you in? What's that set up like? Well, originally, see, originally you get the format and you say, okay, so the format is something I'm interested in. And then the secondary part, of course, is who are you going to be with, okay? Because if it's somebody you genuinely dislike or you don't get along with or whatnot, then you're not going to mesh well. It's not going to have a vibe, right? Any TV show has to have a vibe and it has to have something, um, or it actually has to have a lot of drama. I'm not out about the drama stuff, okay? That's bullshit, and I'm not interested in it whatsoever. So this is one that, you know, I've known Carrie for many, many years. Yeah. He was actually on my own show on Barbecue Crawl. Um, I, yeah. I respect his skill set immensely. I've eaten at his restaurant tons of times. You know, Mo is this big barbecue personality, and, you know, he's done very well with himself with his barbecue personality. And so I like the characters. I liked who was going to be on the show. So because of that, in addition to the format, that's why I agreed to it. Do you think Mo gets the respect he deserves or does he get the right amount of respect? Because I get, you know, a certain – I feel like some people are a champion of him. And then I feel like some people think that he, maybe he hasn't uh, done whatever enough is in order to get these shots on TV. Well, I think you can ask that of any pit master, right? Who is there to decide what is enough? Um, you know, I've only won 15 U.S. Grand Championships. That's it. But if you put anything in front of me, I can cook it. I've owned 65 barbecues. Maybe that's not enough. Uh, I've traveled the world. Maybe that's not enough. I don't know. At the end of the day, if it fits for the show, then I'm good for it. All right, so uh, as we are taking in that first episode, I mean, I, I would assume like most TV stuff, you're seeing the finished cut for the first time, or did you guys have access to it in advance? I didn't want to see it in advance. I saw it when you guys saw it. All right, so what was your kind of first smack of how you saw the first episode unfold? Are you pretty happy with it? Well, you know, I've done TV so much now yeah. and so many different programs, but I thought this one was actually exceptionally well edited, in all honesty. I thought the lighting was really good, too. Um, a lot of times when it comes to barbecue shows, one of the challenges of actually shooting barbecue shows is actually the lighting. It's really a challenge to shoot barbecue as a whole because most of the meats are mahogany, dark red colored. Mm -hmm. Most of the pits are dark colored. Um, so I thought the lighting and the editing was really well. I thought the show flowed really well in regards to making sense. Um, all the dots seem to connect for me, you know, and I'm super uber critical when it comes to any of this kind of stuff. I really thought it flowed well. I thought it connected the dots for the viewer. Um, at the end of the day, I thought it was a really successful show. How many episodes are going to be in the, because I was looking for like when the next show was going to be, and it didn't seem like there was anything that had been solidly put up on the Food Network website yet. Right now, I can tell you that they're deciding it right now. Oh. So I can't answer that. That would be up to Simple Alien, which is the production company, and the Food Network themselves. So could it just be a one, <laughs> a, like a one-off show Sunday? 
Yeah, it could be potentially. You never know because you know one of the things about programming and and uh, slotting time slots is that you could still make a good show and it may not fit a time slot, or you can make a great show and the advertorial dollars might not be there. So at this point, you'd have to ask those questions from Food Network or Simple Alien. All right. So, um, but well, then let me ask you another question that you're probably not going to be able to answer because I'll just ask it anyway. Well, I mean, <laughs> were there multiple episodes shot, or did you just shoot that one and that was it? We shot one. Wow. The one you guys got to see. Yep. And it, uh, you know, it's, it's, like I said, it's going to air again tomorrow on, or sorry, uh, on the Cookie Channel. Yep. And uh, so we're going to get to see it again on the Cookie Channel. I know it's been well received, and that's all I know right now. All right. We're talking <laughs> with Danielle Bennett, DVQ. And uh, are you still uh, DVQ.ca, or did you change any of that? Well, if that idiot that owns .com, and I hope you're listening, <laughs> um, could stop could stop selling your stupid ass automotive products. I'd love to buy dbq.com. I've been trying for 10 years now to buy it. Really? Um, in fact, we're actually, yeah, you know, I have trademark lawyers and we actually are probably going to go forward with a trademark uh, infringement case at this point. And so I am still .ca, even though, you know, next year I'll be an American um, uh, citizen. Um, so I'm still working on it, <laughs> still working on it. You know, I've got lots of trademarks out and, Unfortunately, this person that's over in China is causing me great chaos. Uh, How so about that? <laughs> are they looking to, I mean, are they saying, well, you can have it if you buy it for X amount, or are they not even willing to, to like, negotiate? They're not They're not even willing to negotiate. Really? You know, I've got, yeah, I've got banks to pay for it, and, uh, you know, we kind of set it aside a couple years ago. Yeah. As a planned future growth, sure. uh, of course, you know, I've owned a, I own, I own like, I don't know, 40 other websites as well, different, you know, companies and businesses and things like that. But, um, yeah, I'd really love to own dbq.com. I would love to own it. But at the end of the day, here's the thing. What do we always do? We all go to Google. We type in dbq or yep. we type in Greg Rempe. And you know what? It comes up without any hesitation. So I'm really, you know what? It is what it is. I can't change it. All right, dvq.ta for now, but uh, we'll see how that uh, progresses. So let's talk a little bit high level on barbecue television. I think, you know, uh, we've talked or waxed poetically over the last couple of years where barbecue pit masters the show. And so let's call that the, you know, the Harry Sue, you know, one where they where it's more kind of like real reality television where they followed a bunch of teams around that morphed into you know, another season of Pitmasters, which looked drastically different, and then so on and so on. So there was that golden era of new barbecue show television on the TV. A lot of people that I had talked to subsequently on this show said, hey, I was sparked in some form or fashion by watching a barbecue Pitmasters show. And mm -hmm. maybe we're off of that uh, Pitmasters flow. So should we be looking for another barbecue TV show to continue or revive that spark? Should we be away from that and just looking at something completely different? What do you think? I think none of that matters. <laughs> you know what matters in TV? Money. What matters in TV is advertorial dollars. Nothing else matters. And if people are looking for that, you know, genuine barbecue content or, or that type of format, it really does only come down to dollars. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. It doesn't matter if you have a horribly written show. It doesn't matter if you have a horribly scripted show. What matters is if XYZ Corporation is willing to give the network that it's being played on so many dollars, that's what matters. And so you're hopefully, you know, I'm proud of the show we did. I'm really, truly, genuinely proud of Barbecue Beatdown. I thought it was really well done. 
whether it gets the, you know, more play or there's another type of program out there. Um, you know, I hope so, but it really doesn't come down to the content. It comes down to the advertorial dollars. You know, the entire landscape of TV and viewership is changing. As we know, you know, we've got Hulu and we've got Netflix and we've got every other, you know, on demand service and program. So the general advertorial programs that went in the format of TV, like the prior episodes of Pitmasters and things like that, that's all changing. All of TV landscape is changing um, to suit this on-demand need that we all have. This impatient, okay, I only want to watch 22 minutes. I only <laughs> want to watch 24 minutes. Um, and what advertorial dollars are going to pay for that? So I, I don't know if there's an easy answer to that question, Greg. But uh, I'll tell you right now, I, I've done this long enough to know you can make the best program in the world. Mm. You can make a program that's gone to many, many countries, and it will not get picked up if it's not enough advertorial dollars. Mm. That's all that matters. Do you think that's what it comes down to? It comes down to the money. Do you think also that maybe because of I'm going to use YouTube as an example that yep you know I can make you know let's say I have a pretty decent personality I know somebody that can edit really well I get that good lighting like you were yep. talking about and maybe I'm not as maybe I'm not as motivated to get on television when I have access yeah. or I can feed a niche through YouTube like, uh, you know, Pit Boys had done for for many years, but now more and more. Yep. I mean, people are picking up cameras, Danielle, and talking about Absolutely. their life for 15 minutes, yep. their boring, pathetic life for 15 minutes a day, <laughs> and they upload it, and they have three and four and five million viewers, and they're making a shit ton of money, and it boggles my mind because I could never do that. But there are so many other yeah. outlets out there right now that tradition maybe is not the norm anymore. It isn't the norm anymore. That's why you have people that are experienced pitmasters going up against an insta-famous person who doesn't know squat. Okay? I mean, why? Okay? Literally goes online, steals the recipe, posts it on YouTube, posts it on Instagram, posts it on um, you know, TikTok or posts it on Snapchat. All of a sudden, they have a 4 million person viewership those companies, once again, are coming in and saying, well, you have 4 million people watching them. Mm -hmm. So we don't care if your content's valid. We don't care if it's real. We don't care about any of those things. But here, we're going to give you a check for $25,000 for a 15-second spot because your viewership warrants that money. It's a challenging time um, to go forward if you are an authentic person with integrity sometimes. <laughs> it really is. Because at the end of the day, um, there are so many insta-famous people out there getting paid for nothing. Yeah. Exactly what you said. Um, what's going on with Duluth? What are you up to? Oh, you know what? I, I'm a woman of Duluth. Um, I, I agreed to work with them. Uh, I really like the brand. I wear their clothing regularly. Um, I'm a big fan. One of the things for me is that I turn down more companies than I take. I'm really careful about who I associate my name with. I'm one of those integrity field people. I'm good with that. Uh, monetarily has cost me over the last few years and I'm, I'm actually still okay with that because I only work with brands I truly believe in. So for Duluth, I am one of their pit masters and addition, a woman of Duluth. And so I'm one of their brand spokespeople. Yep. And I'm enjoying the relationship immensely. <laughs> so what do you like, what, what gets your goat about Duluth brand clothes versus, you know, whatever the competing brand would be? What do you like best about it? Um, I really think they're really well made. I think they stand behind their clothes. Um, all the men that I know wear their underwear. <laughs> they love their jeans. I, I just think that it's a quality product by a quality company. 
and uh, I really like the people that I work with. It's the same as Traeger. I really respect the people I work with. I respect uh, how they run their businesses, how they treat people, and uh, that's important to me. I, I think it's important I still have morals and values and integrity. Uh, so are you committed to Duluth to do like, you know, so many, are you doing like store openings or will they just have you down to, you know, cook some stuff and bring, you know, drive more foot traffic to a particular store? Yeah, actually I'm doing a, a store opening this week, actually here in Texas, just outside of Austin. Uh, it's available on my Instagram, BBQ BBQ. And then I have some other future plans with them. I don't really want to get into that yet, but future plans with Duluth are good. People love to come <laughs> to this show and say, we got a lot of great stuff that I cannot tell you about. It's like <laughs> par for the course here, Danielle, as you know. Um, so you had mentioned it Traeger. Really, really is. You know, you've had, look, I mean, I don't know if I can recall anybody that's been on this show that has had a. I mean, you know, back in the day when we first got into this whole thing, like you were just buying Traegers. Like that was the brand you just went out and bought. You were just Danielle at that time and with with no yep. creds behind you and worked it into a pretty decent, you know, deal where you're still with the company that you were with, you know, 13 and 14, 15 years ago, however long it's been. So, I mean, what is it about Traeger that you continue to find valuable and um a, a good ROI for somebody that would be going out to buy a pellet cooker? Well, one of the things is, is I've directly worked with them for four years. I've been working on them for 13 years. One of the things is I hated the old Traeger company before the new owners took over. I thought they were idiots. I thought they were poorly marketed, poorly planned. The research and development was a joke. And they didn't seem to have any poor planning. One of the things is, is that I went on the Today Show, you know, the Today Show, I mean, the big one. I've heard it. And they didn't want to send they didn't want to send me grills because they didn't think a woman would represent them well. That was the original Traeger. Nice. And so I literally, when when the new Traeger owners took over, um, they asked for a meeting with me, and I told them where to go and how to get there. Not <laughs> once, not twice, but three times. And then I learned about them and learned about Jeremy Andrus and his brilliant vision. Um, what he'd done with Skull Candy, how he turned that around. Denny yep. Bruce, um, Luke, uh, Lance, um, Tyler Stark. Um, there's so many great people at Traeger that have this wonderful vision of a company that is accessing wood-fired goodness for everyone without a fear factor to make it delicious every single day and to remove a lot of those fear factors, accessibility, learning curves. And I appreciate all those things. I've owned 65 barbecues in my career, 65 barbecues. And through that, I've had offsets. I've had beautiful reverse slow gravity grills. I've had, you know, the, the other bigger brands. I've had the widest variety of grills. And the one that I come back to for ease of use and consistency, repeatable results was always the Traeger. And that's a genuine endorsement. Now, in addition to that, they corrected a lot of the flaws from the previous uh, manufacturing issues. So the last, you know, five, well, I guess seven years now mm -hmm. has been this incredible part of growth where Traeger is the largest, hands down, most successful pellet company in the world. They've developed so much in, or they put so much into the development of the research and development behind the grill that I love the smoke science. I love the smoke technology. I love the fact that they're not just resting on their laurels. They're always looking to make it better. Cleaner smoke, more efficient, better recovery time, Wi-Fi technology, all of those things, better grates, double wall insulated lids. Um, I love that advancement of technology on an ongoing basis because that keeps me excited. 
it keeps me excited to see the fact that we can sell these girls in Norway. We can sell them in Australia. We sell them in, in, you know, New Zealand. We sell them all over the world. I went to Israel and taught a barbecue class, like, for a week. It was awesome. And so this accessibility to this beautiful American style of cooking, this barbecue awesomeness, is accessible to the world now. And it's easier. And it's more consistent. And it's got this beautiful flavor. And that keeps me going. And so I love, genuinely love what I do. I truly do every day teaching barbecue. Like last year, I taught over 4,000 students. This year, I'm going to probably top that number again. I've traveled 147,000 miles this year for barbecue already. And I'm not done yet. I've still got a few more months to go. And so I love our accessibility to everybody. It doesn't matter if you're a senior citizen. It doesn't matter if you're a 12-year-old girl. It doesn't matter if you're a 34-year-old man that wants to make, you know, a tailgate party special. I love the fact that everybody can do it. That, to me, is very exciting. All right, so you love teaching. You've logged hundreds of thousands of miles to do it, and you're going to do something live and in person at Hartville Hardware after a year of uh, vacancy, (laughs) actually, from both of us. Uh, 2017, we were both there together. We will rejoin forces yep. 2019 at the Hartville Hardware Grill Fest in Hartville, Ohio, on September 21st. Uh, so uh, let's talk a little bit about what you're going to be doing there and if somebody is going to be coming in for the day or for a handful of hours, what they could expect. So one of the great things about Hartville Hardware is, A, the store itself. I mean, it is a spectacular store. Yep. And then the icing on the cake for me, really, truly, about Hartville Hardware is the people they have some of the nicest incredible staff i have ever met um they are such a proponent of all things barbecue they support local vendors um they do such a brilliant job in the community so anybody that comes to hardball hardware you're going to see beautiful demonstrations all day long i'm going to do three demonstrations on different three different meats um we're going to hand out samples we're going to talk to people about all things barbecue, all things Traeger, the event sponsored by Traeger. Um, and I, I'm happy to be going back. You know, last year we had a logistical issue. I was in out of the country, actually, um, and I was not able to do it. And so I'm really glad I was able to fit it into my schedule this year. And just the opportunity to go back, I get to see you again. We had such a great time before. And it's just a really awesome barbecue event. They're going to do a competition. I mean, there's so much going on there. And then you just get to wander around that store. That store is so much fun. I bought so much stuff from that store the last time I was there. I had to buy another suitcase to go home. Yeah, I mean, it's the country's largest hardware store. So if that gives you any idea of how big it is. And then it's got a huge area for barbecues and grills and accessories outside. They have that nice burn area where you can see things happening. So it's going to be a really great full day. starts around 10 a.m. And uh, Danielle will be on three different times. Also, uh, there'll be some other live demos as well. So, uh, And if people see you around, if you're not busy doing something, they can come up and say hi and all that good stuff. Absolutely. You know, I'm doing a book signing there. My book, I made a mistake the other day. I posted that my book was going into its second printing. I actually made a mistake and Random House actually corrected me. They're like, your book just went into its third printing. And that's yeah. really exciting. Yeah. Um, they, they're literally wow. just waiting for me to write another book. I just haven't had time yet. So I'll be there doing a book signing. It's a bestseller. You know, it was nominated for a Gourmand um, a world-class book of the year. Right. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to share all that with everybody. All right, uh, Danielle, you spend way too much time here away from your bourbon and all those other name drop people <laughs> that you said about 30 minutes ago. So I appreciate the time, continued success, and I will see you in a couple weeks.
Hey, thanks, Greg. Thank you so much for all your support over the years. I am truly, truly grateful and thankful. And thanks to all your listeners. It's been amazing. Race to the Fogo Charcoal Hotline. And welcome back, the pitmaster of Sugar's Barbecue, Lene Oxley Loop on the show. Lene, how are you? I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me out here, uh, Greg. I appreciate it. I'm sorry I don't have Skype right now. Uh, my uh, laptop and Skype don't get along, so well, it's just a phone-in old school. I would say most of the time uh, my show and Skype also don't get along for some reason, but, you know, I've <laughs> muddled through it these last 13 years with a sheer amount of stubbornness, as I'm sure you can appreciate. Yeah. Um, are you Were you familiar with that creepy song that I was playing just before we got to you <laughs> into the night? I mean, did you realize it was such a pervy song? You know, yes, actually, it's funny. Um, there are a lot of pervy songs, but, yeah, the first one, uh, uh, also the, the Cherry Pie song is just kind of a little bit creepy, too. But, yes. Um, yes. you know, of course, of course, you're dating yourself because I know all these songs. And that was like high school for me back in the day. Yeah, well, and, uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, Sirius XM has a Yacht Rock radio channel. So I just started, like, listening to that because for some reason I actually envisioned that people that had yachts, this is what they were listening to. So I'm like, well. Someday I have to own a yacht, so I got to get ready for the music that I have to tune in when I have my yacht. And it's like a really crappy late seventies and early eighties soft rock, and that song I was, was yeah. on it. And my life changed three days ago, probably not for the better. I have. I just bought a new car. I have my catering truck, and then I also have a new brand new car that I bought. Treated myself to because I turned fifty this year, so I wanted to get myself a midlife crisis car. Good for so I you. Got a nice, go. little sport, nice little sports car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, and so it has uh, it has you know a lot of new cars have a couple months of uh, Sirius XM, and so I was uh, filing through some of. Usually I listen to Spotify. Spotify. I'm usually listening to a couple of different things. One is your show, so I think I've caught up on almost all of your podcasts. Right. Great, thank you. Uh, and. Uh, and then the um, filing through some of the um, files on uh, the SiriusXM because I just don't ever listen to that station. I saw I came upon Yacht Rock and I was like, "What the hell is this?" Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, it was there. It landed on the song that you just played. Oh, I don't know who it is, but yes, it was yes. very funny. Well, see, you've fallen into the same trap as me. All right, Lene. So let's get to the barbecue <laughs> business. Um, I don't want to assume everybody knows you or that they've dug back through the archives. So if we could just get a very quick history of Lene and how the barbecue bug bites you, and then we'll build in from there. Yeah, sure. Just in the nutshell, Sugar's Barbecue was born in 2006, um, and I uh, competed locally in the Pacific Northwest with the Pacific Northwest Barbecue Association, so regional association that kind of governs a lot of the uh, competitions here, um, Oregon, Washington, um, <clears throat> somewhat into B.C. and uh, the surrounding states. And obviously also the KCBS. And um, so I got started in that. Uh, did pretty well and just kind of got the bug from there and started traveling around doing some competitions. Uh, landed myself into some of the larger competitions. And um, uh, and then slowly but surely the competitions started to kind of fade out and sugars became a business. You know, you start you have all this leftover barbecue from these competitions. And you give it away at work or whatever, and suddenly somebody wants you to cook ribs for their daughter's birthday or you want to do, you know, and suddenly then you're doing a wedding and then you're doing an office party and it kind of just blossoms from there. So Sugar's sort of morphed from competition to full-on business. And at the same time, I had uh, my day job. I was working in a retail environment and a grocery store at my day job, just doing uh, menial stuff there. 
And um, I was just, the phone kept ringing. I kept having more and more and more business. So I left that job. And now Sugars is full time and has been for a number of years. And it's one of the best decisions I ever made. I mean, it's, it's going gangbusters. I mean, the phone doesn't stop ringing. I'm doing tons of catering. We feed tens of thousands of people summer and more than that. And then just growing and growing. And in between all that, I also did some television as well. I did Barbecue Pitmasters. A lot of people have seen that, those series. I mean, and I still get traction from that, those shows. I mean, that was 2013, 2015. And, uh, and people still watch those shows. They, they, they show them on repeat. My phone blows up every single time they show those shows and, uh, people book, uh, you know, our services for catering. And, uh, and then I, uh, I filmed a couple of, uh, chopped episodes. And, uh, so that took it a little further. And then I've got this new show, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, and then, uh, I kind of, you know, sort of an avenue from the business was the retail line that I've got, um, that, uh, we'll talk about here. And then of course the barbecue classes. So that's kind of the really quick nutshell wow. of the timeline from pretty much 2006 to current. A barbecue, uh, so a barbecue yeah. whirlwind, Linux. Pretty much. It's my life. I mean, <laughs> I have my home life, but I don't really do much in the way I don't get out much. I, mean, <laughs> I just. It's all, it's constant work. In fact, I'm like looking at my laptop right now and I'm doing invoicing, waiting for you to call and, and doing shopping lists and things like that. But it's, I love to do it. It's a passion. Uh, you know, just listening to just like Robin, I mean, she's in a sort of a different barbecue world, but it's still the same thing. I mean, I love empowering other people to cook and, and teach them. And, and, and obviously I like to promote the products that I have that I developed and that just gives people a little inspiration. To, uh, to go out on their own and do some really cool stuff and, and grill and cook. And whether it's competition, whether it's backyard barbecue, it doesn't matter to me. It's just all live fire cooking, and it's just one big, huge, happy family. So, Lene cool. Oxley-Loop joining us here on the show. Sugars Barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-C-U-E. Sugarsbarbecue.com is the website. Uh, so let's talk about that TV show that you had just referenced a second ago for as much as we can. August 1st, there is... That show hitting the airways. Uh, Big Mo was on the show last week, and we talked a little bit about yeah. the judging side of stuff. But whatever you're legally allowed to tell me about, uh, what can you say about this show? Well, I'll preface this by saying um, my website, sugarsbarbecue.com, is actually it's it's, it's the what's up right now is the older version of the website. It is being completely overhauled. It's way overdue. So a new version of the website will be launched here in the next week or so. I'm very excited about that. Lots of opportunity to purchase things online, which I don't have the opportunity to do right now. You have to, call, you have to sort of send me emails, and I can send you products. But in any event, as far as the show is concerned, Barbecue Brawl, um, you know, it's really funny. I was like actually looking at it online, and there was actually another show called Barbecue Brawl. And so this one they're calling Barbecue Brawl Slay versus Simon. Mm. And so, you know, we – there was a, a few pitmasters and myself. We went out to Austin – uh, to a private ranch out there uh, earlier this year. They filmed um, this this show, and I believe it's a four- or five-part series, um, and it was a ton of fun filming. First of all, I love going to Austin, and the excuse to go to Austin and try uh, some amazing food there um, is I'll just I'll take it, and if I can get filmed for a television show, it's even better. So, you know, it's kind of like uh, chopped meats, Pitmaster, barbecue pitmasters. So there's some mystery food involved with it, and there's a timeline, you know, got to cook something under a certain length of time type of scenario. And then, of course, Moe's a judge. Uh, Andy Mills was, uh, was a judge, and then Chris Lilly was a judge. I mean, unbelievable, respected judges. These guys know their barbecue. They know their food. They come from different backgrounds, different expert lines of expertise. So 
it was fun to sort of get my food judged with, you know, in front of those guys and then, uh, and then, it, you know, how it all worked out with, with, uh, with, uh, Bobby Flay and Michael Simon, those guys were just beasts in the kitchen and, uh, especially on, on the barbecue grill. It's just watching those guys do their thing in front of you is incredible. I mean, these guys are iron chefs and they just, they, they're, I mean, I don't really watch a whole lot of television. don't have time for that, but I have seen those guys on, on, on iron chef and, you know, to meet them in person and see what they're doing. I mean, people, a lot of people kind of blow them off as just these, you know, you know, blow the TV personalities and the chefs and stuff. These guys know their stuff. They know how to cook. It was really, really cool. Very inspirational to me as a chef myself, but also as a, as somebody who loves the barbecue and uh, it's pretty cool. It was a lot of fun to film. Um, I, you know, I, I'm just wondering how they package the, the show. Quite honestly, I don't know how they're going to package it. I mean, you know, I think most of the blips that are up there and the, the little teasers that are up there are saying that we're, you know, very respected pitmasters, which is great. I love that. And then there's this mentor aspect of it, which is kind of cool. So I don't know how, you know, from, from Bobby Slay and Michael Simon, so I don't know how they're going to they're gonna piece it all together in terms of seeing it from the contestant side, so to speak, and then seeing a finished product. You know, and I'm going to watch it the same time everybody else does, so I don't get any sneak preview or anything like that. So I'm excited to see it. From a business standpoint, it's awesome. It's a great boon for the business. It's yeah. free advertising. So, uh, how can I say no to that? So, uh, you know, for, from a contestant standpoint, it was a lot of fun and I had a good time. And you go and you cook your butt off. I mean, I'm no stranger to these competition barbecue shows and cooking shows. I love them. I think I have a great time with them. I mean, they're thrilling. They get me out of my element. They allow me to stretch a little bit of my culinary skill as a chef. So it's not just sort of one note cooking ribs or chicken or brisket or pork, mm -hmm. which tends to be a little repetitive after a while. Uh, to do some other stuff is a lot of fun. Uh, Mo did mention last week that if you were just a four-trick pony, and he was obviously referencing the four major proteins that you would cook in a competition, that this wasn't going to be the show for you, that you were going to have to know how to do it and use other ingredients and be able to whip up something from scratch, as it were. So was it two teams of four pitted against each other to a certain degree or something like that? Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much what the what the division was, and and and, and uh, you know how they how everyone got to that divide is is sort of a mystery at this point. So, um, and then yeah, I mean he was right. I mean I, I was I was listening to that show and because I wanted to know his take from the judging point of view, uh, you know, because he see things he sees things that I didn't and vice versa. Um, you know, and he's right. I mean this this show was not easy. None of them are. Uh, you need to have you need to showcase a little skill beyond just barbecue, competition barbecue. And, um, you know, I chased what I wanted in competition barbecue, got out of it because I just didn't really want to chase it anymore and got back into just more and more complicated cooking and more um, chef-driven, seasonal-driven cooking, which also included a lot of live fire cooking and barbecue techniques. So, uh, you know, and I'm doing some a lot of really cool stuff. So I think I going into this show, as was the same with Chopped, as was the same with Pitmasters, it, it, I brought some chef skill and I brought some, some, you know, some talent in the kitchen to the, to the, to the stage themselves, you know, to the camera. And, and I wasn't trying to do it for the camera. I just, listen, the bell goes off. We've got 30 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever the time is, and I'm going to cook my ass off and I'm just going to like throw down and do what I can with the pantry ingredients that are presented with the time frame I've got with the cooking equipment that's delivered to me, whether it's a kettle or whether it's a, piece of crap grill or whether it's an oven with a grill grate on the top of it 
you know, whatever it is, um, and to, to make something that's, you know, one that's going to outshine the contestants, because it is a game after all, mm -hmm. and that's going to showcase those skill and, and going to bring some judges a little bit of, you know, something different, maybe something they haven't had. So I think there's going to be a lot of really great things that are going to be showcased in this show coming up. I, I it certainly cooked a lot of really cool stuff. I'm excited uh, for people to see it, um, and um, so we're going to see what happens with it. Lene Oxley Loop joining me here on the show. Um, did you know all of the other contestants that were there? Yeah, uh, we all knew each other, and uh, that was really cool because when we all sort of saw each other for the same time. Of course, when they're assembling everybody, you know, we can't really talk to one another. We're not going to divulge who was all who else was on the show. We actually all saw each other. We're like, oh, hey, it was like a reunion. Mm. <laughs> so it was. We had a really good laugh at it, and uh, you know, they kept us very separate. We really weren't supposed to talk to one another, and. Uh, because they all sort of knew we knew each other and, you know, talking about stuff. But, um, uh, you know, uh, you're going to see some surprises as contestants in the show. I'll, I'll guarantee you that. You're going to be, like, scratching your head going, with hell is that person doing there? <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, you know what? It's, it's, it's fun, and it gets people watching, and it gets people inspired. And this is a business, and I love doing it for the money because I make a good living on it, but at the same time, I like doing it to inspire other people, especially other women, to get out and grill and, and, and bust our ass on, on the grill. I mean, especially with Robin and, you know, you know, and other, and some of the other women that you've been, you've had on the show as well that I've become big fans of. And, and it's just awesome. It's just a lot of fun. Do you think that the industry has been missing some kind of a new barbecue show? And this is something that is going to help reinvigorate, or is this just kind of a, another peace bridge to hopefully keep some kind of momentum rolling? I think, you know, that's a good question. I think to a – you know, how do I answer that? I think to a certain extent some people will look at this show and go, wow, that was refreshing. That was new. Um, you know, it's a little different spin. It's not the same old regurgitated, you know, just – you know, like, you know, vapid show that, that, that gets, you know, aired it, and other people will be like, Oh, it's the same old, same old, it's the yeah. same old crap. It's the same people. We're tired of seeing them. I think, I think they, I think there, there's a lot of excitement with this show. I think it's going to definitely, and I agree with Mo and he uh, mentioned earlier on, on his show. Uh, it, it's going to, it's going to go on for several seasons. I it's going to, it's going to, it's only going to get better. This is the first show they got to work out kinks. I mean, that's just with all the rest of them. I just, you know, with Pitmasters, I think the first show was, you know, the granddaddy of the show. They had these, you know, tried and true, ultra, you know, known professionals doing this stuff. And then the second, you know, the second season kind of jumped the shark and they were, people were just, they, they were making, you know, coleslaw and they're making, you know, God knows what. And they were judging it just like kind of lost its track. And then towards the end, it kind of got, I think, back on a little bit. And it got exciting and as far as I'm concerned, not only from a participant aspect but also from a from a spectator aspect aspect mm -hmm. which was really cool um i think this show is going to be refreshing personally i think it's going to be a good show and i i'm excited to see it uh, again just like i was saying i'm excited to see how they patch it all together and make a show out of it and um so we'll see we'll see what happens you know haters are going to hate right and people are going to be there but but i think every season i think that uh you gain new followers you kind of lose some people that are just kind of moving on in their lives and they're just tired of the same old thing and then you mm -hmm. gain people that are that are coming up um on a side note i mean there are a lot of people in barbecue a lot of young people that are getting into barbecue and they're getting into barbecue in portland and they're getting into barbecue in new york and they're getting into barbecue and they're 
yep. and they're they're being inspired by a lot of these shows. They're being inspired by things that they see that they read, and they're they're taking hints and they're taking some tradition from the old guard from Texas or from Kansas City or, or wherever, and they're they're going about it and doing some things that they want to do, and they're bringing some amazing food to the forefront and feeding some people, and they're introducing to some people to some incredible food. So I think it's it's as far as I'm concerned from a spectator aspect, I think it's win-win. From a business aspect, it's a it's win. It, it can't lose, as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, right. And I think it's going to be a good. I think it's going to be a good uh, good show. All right, Lene. Let me ask you a quick question. We got a couple minutes left. I wanted to touch sure. a little bit about. Uh, obviously, the rubs have been out. Uh, you also, I believe, unless I got it backwards, uh, but I believe the rubs have been out, and now sauces are starting to come in. So let's talk a little bit about products and uh, how you're able to stand out in, in what is becoming an increasingly crowded division of, uh, you know, uh, sauces, rubs, seasonings, and so forth. Sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, the the the, uh, the market is crowded. There's a ton of stuff out there. A lot of, a lot of people have their own spin. You know, I don't – the short answer is this. I mean, last year I launched um, my rubs, and I have them in little 7-ounce uh, pouches. I like the, the packaging of them that's unique. It's, uh, it's done all purposefully. Um, these are, you know, made by me from the ground up seasonings. I didn't take anybody else's seasonings and add extra garlic to it and call it my own. People do this. That's fine. That's their thing. It's not mine. Uh, there's no MSG. There's no flowing agents in there. These are true-to-form true to rubs and seasonings. These are ones I used when I was competing, did really well on them, and then these are ones that I use in catering. Uh, every you know week in uh, week out, and the sauces came on uh, this year, and the traction has been in tremendous. I mean, the interest has been amazing. I've moved uh, a ton of pallets of product, and uh, and they haven't really even hit the website yet at all. And um, I'm getting um, uh, I'm grow- I'm basically adding at least two to three accounts per week, which for me that's pretty good. I mean, yeah. again, I'm doing barbecue classes. I'm also doing the catering, and then I've got this uh, retail line. So. Um, it's great. I've got distribution. I'm looking for some national distribution, which is going to come down the pipeline. And uh, so we're all over Oregon, all over the coast. We're getting into Seattle. A lot of grocery stores, independent and otherwise, are picking up the product. So nice. it's wonderful. The sauces, um, there's no uh, there's no high fructose corn syrup. They're all natural. Um, really good, clean label products. And that was the whole idea of what I wanted to do. And they're great. They're good. They taste good, too. So a lot, a lot of positive feedback on these products. You know, I've talked to folks that are in the business now and obviously getting into the brick and mortar side is really key to ultimate success. But when we break it down at the end of the day, I mean, we're in business to make money. Are sauces and rubs a revenue stream for you or is it a uh, break even? And if I can make some money, then that's good. Or, I mean, are you looking to make? Yeah. So yeah, I'm making money on it. I mean, I'm not only just breaking even. I mean, the, the my whole approach to doing the retail line was to, you know, I don't have a brick and mortar. I don't have a space that somebody can come up and buy a slab of ribs or you know pulled pork sandwich. So if they want, they got to hire me for a catering. Not everybody wants the catering. They just want to have dinner. They just want to have to do to do something. They've got their their own tri-tip steaks, chicken stuff like that, salmon that they want to put seasoning on. So the idea really is for these rubs and and the the, the sauces or to put my brand in somebody's hand and have them have a taste of what I'm doing. Hmm. And so, and then use it in, in, in their, in their, their own application, whether it's on a stove top or an oven, whether it's a grill, a slow and, you know, low and slow smoker or on popcorn you know, or whatever they, you know, corn on the cob, whatever they want to use it on, which is really great. So it's, it's, um, it, it, it kind of transcends lots of just different 
uh, you know, applications. It's just not just one. It's just, you know, I want to get my brand into people's hands. And um, I've had, this, this stuff is long overdue, too. I've had for years, I've had people ask me for rubs and sauces, and I just haven't really been, honestly, there, both financially and also just mentally ready to, to go about it. Beyond boarding with some of these companies is tremendous. It's a, it takes a long time. It was a learning, it was a, it was an education and patience, patience on my end. So it was a lot of fun. I'm glad that things are up. I've got one more rub that I'm going to launch probably by the end of the year. I've got another sauce that's going to launch uh, next year. Uh, and I'm excited about those. And that'll make what I, what I consider a nice family of products to get out to the market to, for people. And uh, it'll give me a, a nice, you know, give people a nice choice. So, so that's, I'm really excited about it. Sauces and rubs are out. If you're lucky enough to live around the catering radius, you can probably get Sugars to come and cater your event as well. And August 1st, you will see Lene and a bunch of other folks competing on the new TV show, Barbecue Brawl, Flay versus Simon on the Food Network. In the meantime, you can visit the website. That will get rehauled or overhauled or updated or whatever you want to call it here in a week or so, sugarsbarbecue.com. <laughs> and we are talking with the pitmaster of Sugars Barbecue, Lene Oxley-Loop. But they always appreciate the time. Great getting caught up with you. Let's do it again sooner than later. Yes, let's do it, Greg. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Bye, guys. You got it. There she is, Lene Oxley Loop. Hey, there you have it. The last show of 2019, as I just mentioned at the, uh, you know, two hours ago. It's me again, pre-recording the outro. So first of all, I want to thank everybody that we re-showed you here over the last couple hours. Susie Bullock from Hey Grill Hey, Tuffy Stone, George Motes, Danielle Bennett, and Lene Oxley-Loop. Best of 2019. Plenty of the best of moments of 2019, of course, but these were the ones that stuck out in my mind. Why not re-share with you here on New Year's Eve? Also, I want to take a second to thank you for your complete listenership over this calendar year of 2019. A great year of shows. Lots of new great guests, lots of groundbreaking and land-shaking and foundation-breaking stuff happening here with the show. And I am very confident that we are going to continue and foster the new relationships that we made here in 2019, make some new relationships in 2020, and bring you some new great stuff that I don't even have any visibility of. But it's going to come here because this is the show that attracts all the live fire barbecue and grilling news late-breaking items, announcements, and so forth. I also want to wish everybody a very safe and happy New Year's Eve celebration into New Year's. And don't forget, live shows are right back on, what is that, the 8th or the 7th? Yeah, the 7th. January 7th, we'll be back. Malcolm Reed, Sam the Cooking Guy, all the regulars are locked and loaded for 2020. Don't forget, Derek Riches starts to make his monthly appearance the fourth Tuesday of every month in the first hour in 2020 as well. Embedded correspondents are in. Meathead is in. Robin Lindars is in. Stephen Reichlin is in. The cast of characters, wide-sweeping and land-breaking. That's the second time I said land-breaking. I'm going to stop that in 2020. That's my New Year's resolution. I'm not even kidding. Okay, so, Happy New Year. We'll see you January 7th for the first round of new shows in 2020, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. And until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Happy New Year. Good night now.